Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mostly Normal Game Over's podcast, episode 181. We're recording Monday, October 30th, the day before Halloween of 2023. I'm your host, Chris, uh, the artist formerly known as VG Occasion. I, like, haven't been on Twitter in so long that I don't even know if my account's still valid. I feel like Elon could be shutting it down any day. Uh, joining me and <laughs> smirking at my dumb jokes is, is Angie at Stellar Smalls. Angie, how are you doing? It's nice to see you. Oh, it's good. Good. It's nice to see you too. Yeah, it's been a minute. I, I think it's uh, the last time I recorded was with you like over a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm busy. I'm a student. We can. I'm the salty sternum. I'm the student sternum. I'm the sleepy sternum. I'm the SSRI sternum. I started a mental health medication. So much changed since the last time we recorded together, probably. Well, I mean, yeah, you're a busy man. And all of those things start with an S because I'm the king of alliteration. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's jump into the lowdown so we can get talking about games because I'm excited to talk with you. Yes. If you want to be a part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, Reach out to us on Twitter, aka X at MN Gamers Podcast. If you don't use Twitter like yours truly, send us an old fashioned email at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Mostlynormalgamers.com is our website. Please go check it out. We love people sharing, uh, learning about us as hosts, sharing the site with people because it's a great way to re, you know, find a list of old episodes. It's got our whole whole backlog of episodes there. You can sign up for the Mostly Normal Gamers Substack, which is Mostly Normal Monthly. It is back on hiatus since I'm in school. Uh, that's at mngamers.substack.com. That's a great place to go find some really nice writing from the team, though. All of our back issues live there. Uh, and generally speaking, I try to do a Game of the Year post there. So we'll see if I can get everyone to chime in with some Game of the Years to submit, since there's only two months left in the year, which is so scary to think about. You can leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text message at our Google Voice number at 507-291-2991. A phone number so nice you might think, hey, is that a business's phone number? And yeah, kind of technically it is. You can check out the VOD of when we do these videos live as video podcasts on our YouTube channel, which is for the Mostly Normal Gamers YouTube channel. And you can watch some of those recordings or just general Twitch shenanigans over at twitch.tv slash Mostly Normal Gamers. There's so much in the spiel now. We're everywhere. We're getting spread too thin, Angie. I know we were talking about joining threads, but I told, I reminded John that, uh, we have to first have an Instagram to then have a threads. And that would be a lot. Because, you know, Instagram is just pictures, right? It's a picture for every post. What we could do is I've heard people, like, clip out parts of their podcast and upload it as, like, a, a video snippet to their Instagram stories. Ooh, smart man. I like your brain. Yes, I'm a good plagiarist of other podcasts. Well, hey, but, I mean, if it works, why reinvent the wheel? You know what I'm saying? You know, it is a lot. It's a lot. Of, like, doing that, like, that's a lot of labor. And I don't know if y'all can tell, but 
even just recording this podcast is a lot of work, let alone the editing. Uh, all of the promotional stuff is a whole extra big push. So shout out to Angie. You have the keys to the Twitter for the most part still, right? I'm not I'm not online, so I don't know. I sadly haven't posted much. Um, I should, but I'm... I just like to scroll and read. And mm. then and it's mostly in the morning before I go to work and then while I'm eating breakfast. And then I don't have time to actually, like, make a post. Or I guess I don't really think about it. So I'm like, oh, I'm gotta go to work bye yeah yep yep (laughs) all sounds very relatable to me um well i'm seeing some very familiar games on your list i'm so curious to hear what you've been playing because i'm excited to talk to you about both of them yes um you want me to dive into it jump into it yes so i when i was Again, talking to John last week, I mentioned there's all these games that I want to finish. Uh, and Tears of the Kingdom, starting with that, was one of them where I I could go defeat Ganon if I wanted to. I'm ready to go, but I just haven't because I am just holding off for whatever reason. I guess I don't really know for sure, but... It's such a great game, maybe I just don't want it to end, because once I do beat him, I don't think that I'll go back to it right away. Like, like Breath of the Wild, once I beat it, I didn't really go back to continue doing miscellaneous stuff. I kind of just went on to another game, and I played it again later on, after some time had passed, where I'm like, ooh, this is fun again. So now I'm, you know, towards the end of this game, and I'm like, do I want it to end? Yes, but no at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it's um, it's bittersweet when you get to the end of a really big game that you're yeah. loving, and I think um, I have a friend who does the exact same thing, where he just he won't go fight the final boss because then it's over. Yeah, you know? but I want to, I, but I and I can. I just there's so many other little things that I'm doing. I'm just putzing around basically, but I'm still doing stuff like. I found all the shrines, every single one. You got the really cool mask that you get that makes you look at Raru. It's that was pretty awesome. Not gonna lie. Oh, cool! It's pretty, pretty. It's pretty sweet. I um, thought that it would be just a mask, and all of a sudden, boom! I was Raru. I was like, "Wait, what? What's happening? This is cool." That's a real thing. That's a real thing. You have to find all the shrines and complete them all. Yeah. Whoa, I'm not good enough at the ones where you lose all of your items, like those combat challenge ones. Well, that's the thing. There's not that many of them in the, like, comparative to Breath of the Wild, really. Um, Mm. I found that there's a lot of Raru's blessings. Like, when I was finding the rest of them that I haven't found, a lot of them, like 80%, maybe 85%, were Raru's blessings. So here's a chest of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I need to get good. I play the game so infrequently that I'm, like, not up on top of everything. And I, like, default to using bomb arrows too much, which oh. is, like, the one-size-fits-all solution to every combat encounter. Yeah. Except for the Gleox, which still... I... So, I, I have a small Tears of the Kingdom update. First of all, still an amazing game. Second of all, did I, we had talked about how 
I have not found Hetsu yet to upgrade my inventory. Yes. When I last talked to you, had I found him finally? No. I found him. Great. Do you want to know what happened? Tell me. Tell me the story. What happened? So, (laughs) every single person who I was like, man, I just can't find this Hetsu guy, like... Feel like it shouldn't be this difficult. It's right, like, yeah, you're you know, like, I've, got, I've you gone just, everywhere. You just walk along the main path to the first temple, and you should find him. He's like on the way to the, the flying, bird village, right? <laughs> the wind temple, yeah. The Rito, Rito the Rito, Rito village wind temple, and I was like, well, I'm like, sure, I I've already been there, um, so I literally went back to the main starting area, lookout landing, yeah, and walked the entirety of the path to Rito Village and combed it like a fine tooth comb. Yep. I found our friend who hang holds up the signs a bunch of times that I never finished, did all of those. He was happy as a clam. I make it to yeah. Rito Village. I find a I find the bridge. There's a bridge to Rito Village that's damaged. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, we need somebody who's a legendary carpenter with a name that ends with son. And I said <laughs> I know him. There's all all kinds of those people all over the place. And they're like, yeah, I think there's one at Lookout Landing. And I said, well, I'm just going to go do this because I'm, I've am i already combed this whole pathway, I feel like. And I still hadn't found Hetsu. Yeah. I was like, where's my boy Hetsu? I, I've got all of these little fossilized turds for his maracas. Yeah. So I, I, trans, I teleport back to Lookout Landing. I go find the carpenter. I spin up the carpenter quest to get him to go to build the bridge. And for some reason, I just hadn't, like, walked around Lookout Landing much Mm -hmm. since beating the Wind Temple. And Hetsu's just standing right there, shaking his little big big tummy little maracas. I was like, what? What are you doing here? You're supposed to be over there. So what I think happened is I beat the Wind Temple before finding him, and I think there's like a phase change, because some of the Rito end up coming to Lookout Landing and, and setting up shop there. And I imagine as you complete other temples, this is the only one I've completed, even though I've put more than 80 hours into the game, because I just, I don't, open world games and I, You're doing it's like things. taking a long, cozy bath mm-hmm. is the only metaphor I have. So I think he also moves back to Lookout Landing as part of the phase change after you complete the the Wind Temple. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. But at least you found him. So my my inventory slots runneth over, Angie. I'm stacked. Good. I've got so many slots for bows that I don't like. I no longer have filled up my bow inventory. Oh, you. Will. It feels great. Mm-hmm. You say that. But anyways, so so that's how we found Hetsu, was, was trying to complete a completely a separate yeah. quest to build a bridge to the Rito village. That's usually how it works. You're like, you know, I'm not going to think about this one for right now. I'm going to do something else. And boom, there he is. Just, he knew he, he, he knew he needed to see you and you needed to see him. He's a generous dude, you know? And I, they're so much more affordable, those, those inventory slots in this game. Although it's finally gotten to the point where they've started ramping up to be like nine seeds each or something. Oh, yeah. I'm at the point where it's like 15 seeds per slot. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't have... I think I have 11 or something. Yeah. It's 
it as soon as it got up above 10 it's like oh my goodness that is an investment you really got to know that you need that extra shield yeah yeah is it ever shield like what how many shield slots did you give yourself before you just say i don't need this anymore i think i'm at what's one three four five i'm like 10 and it's been helpful because i went on a slew of defeating all the lionels that i could find so i could get their pieces and parts and whatnot and guts and what have you um and so they broke a lot of my shields. They do be doing that. Yeah. Even with the great parries and all that that you could try to do, they still like to... The harder ones are the ones that are in the depths and they wear all the armor. Oh, and, so scary. I just yeah. still run away from them. You fought those? Yes. I will give you a little hint when you are fighting those that... If they're covered in all armor, you th- like my first initial thought was, you know, bomb arrows, like sh- bomb arrow the shit out of him, get that armor off, and then I'll go in with my weapons. But it's actually easier, I have found, because I'm decent with parrying. So getting a weapon with like a rock attached to it or a boulder, like you would use to, you know, oh, hit rocks and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just hit that, and that is actually a lot easier and more effective than the bomb arrows are. And you're not wasting all of your bombs. Yes, because it's, in my opinion, I guess I haven't really traveled in a lot of caves, I guess, or something, but I've been like, where are the bombs? Bomb flowers, where are they? What's happened? Do you spend a lot of time in the depths? Not a lot of time, but even when I'm down there, I find more of those um, muddle flowers that mm, disorient the muddle them. Muddle buds, yeah. Muddle yeah. buds, yes. I find a lot of those in the puff shrooms. Some bomb flowers, but I've read that caves are the place to go for them. And I, when I find them, it's usually the caves that you need bomb arrows for. But I've been trying to use um, Yenobu for those rocks, you know, to blast those open. I knew that there was going to be a spirit that would do that. I ju- as soon as there was a spirit. And as soon as there was a Goron, I said, this man's going to break open these walls for me. I haven't, I haven't met that boy yet. Sorry he and that. I yeah. aren't. Spoiler alert. No, I, you, I, it's not even a spoiler. I was like, I should go do the Death Mountain Goron quest mm-hmm. just so I can stop wasting all of my stuff in these mines. It's interesting. Um... It's an interesting quest. It's fun, but it's interesting. I mean, I've already found that that temple. I I scaled it. Yeah, I yeah. broke into it. The front door is not open. I rode in those mine carts. Mm-hmm. It's wacky. It is, yeah. It is I kind of like of overwhelming when I got down there. I was like, okay, it's really hot down here. Where do I go? What do I do? Yeah, it was scary. And that temple's big, dude. <laughs> it, it is. When you're looking at the outside, and like at first you're like, "Oh, it's a temple, yay!" But then like you look up at it, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, this is a lot taller than I anticipated. It was like three levels, four levels or something of mine carts. It's a lot. It's nuts. And now just imagine stumbling upon that while wandering around the depths instead of coming to it as part of the mission. <laughs> Man, wandering around the, in the depths is a very interesting thing. Um, 
Like, again, it's where I spend so much of my time, Angie. I, I waste so much time down there. Do you, have you run into any of the bosses down there? Because you can't. Like the big, like, nasty frog-looking dudes and stuff? No, no, like the actual, like, the temple bosses. That you, Yeah, because you can run into those down there. And you can beat them again. Is that, like, at... Mm, there's, there's areas, they're like, they're circles, and you can see them. If you open, like, if you have your map unlocked or whatever, you see that there's, like, little circle areas, and then you'll see, you'll walk up, and you'll see, like, this big thing crawling around or flying around, and you'll see a chest there. Well, you have to defeat it before you get the chest open. And a lot of times, like, was it worth it? No. The most annoying one is the water temple one. I hated that boss and I if I never have to fight him ever again I'll be fine with that so the I know exactly what those like black holes in the map you're talking about are and I always was like oh. yep you can you can defeat the temple bosses down there again it's some of them are easy and it's not a big deal but the water temple one to me it was I did not like it is an annoyance. But what a cool game! Yes. So I mean, yeah, that's for me. Tears of the Kingdom. I like been rolling around down there. I've been trying to go in all the coliseums to get all the cool stuff. And um, but going into my next game, I was talking to John about what. I need to complete. So that was one of them. But Luigi's Mansion, I remember you and I had talked about that. I had never completed mm-hmm. it. And I was like, this weekend, I'm going to beat it. Going to beat it. Sure. Well, I played, I was, I guess, further behind than I anticipated. And last night, it just got too late where I had to stop. And my I had the Switch handheld when I was playing last night. So it started to die, and I had to put it on the, the dock. But... I am now at the top of the tower, face-to-face with King Boo. Oh, my gosh. You're there. You're ready. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to, like, beat him now. But i that's my goal tonight is to do such things. Amazing. Yeah. There's something so satisfying about, like, actually finishing a game and getting it off of your list. And I think you and I relate about this a lot. Yeah. Yes where it's so rare for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, did you, how long had it been since you last played it? Like, does it take you, because this is something I think about, right? I take pretty long breaks with games. Even like last year, Elden Ring, I took like a couple months off. Yeah. How hard was getting back into the swing of things? Literally, since you swing, you know, you're swinging them around when you're suctioning the ghosts with your vacuum. But, like, was it hard picking the controls back up and stuff? Most of them, no. It was the looking and the turning with Luigi. So, first question was, how long has it been? Well, I went to my last save when I opened up the loading slots. The last save was September 22 of 2022. Okay, so, like, a year. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So long. I was like, well, that's really, really bad. So I went down to the very bottom, the basement one one or two. Yeah, yeah. 
and I'm in the, the GADS area and not in I, the parking area. And I'm just figuring out the controls again. I'm like, okay, what does this do? What do I got to do with this? But the controls are moving him. Like, I'll be walking one way but wanting to turn another, and he'll turn the opposite direction. I don't know. It's really weird. It's, um... Because you have to think of where he's facing. If you're turning left and you mean to go right, he's going to turn his left. It's weird. I don't know how to really explain it. But it's very odd, mm -hmm. and I had to, like... I had to very much figure that piece out but um it wasn't too bad actually I, I was only down there for like a couple minutes i'm like you know what? i'm just gonna dive into it get into it see what happens see where we're gonna go with this and it wasn't it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad um the the pirate ship um level what level did they call that oh yeah i'm trying to think spectral no was it the spectral catch maybe with it has like ghosty sharks right yes yes that's yeah that one so that one i like walked in and i was like this is really cool like if i had a room like this like where there was like waterfalls over there and barrels with i don't know it looked really really cool and i was like i would like to hang out in this place um, that one was really fun. The shark, I, like, I, sometimes I look up things if I'm just, like, frustrated and can't beat it, but I actually, like, beat this guy without looking anything up, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to look up, especially with the dance hall one, where oh, the, yeah, the yeah. lady is wearing, like, a big, huge fro covering her eyes, so, and then you had to, the first before that, you had to find, like, which little ghost had the little elevator button underneath his hoodie when he's dancing? Mm. That fight was tough. It was. It was because I was like, "How do I get this fro? I know I have to like somehow get the fro up over her eyes so I can flash her with my light, my flashlight." Yeah. But I just, um, it was hard. I had to look it up. It was a little difficult. I, th I think that. One of the things I think is so cool about Luigi's Mansion 3 in particular is they teach you the rules of how to fight a ghost pretty clearly. And it's very consistent. And then they use the theme of each level to like mess around with your expectations of what you need to be doing to fight that ghost, right? So, you know, this disco boss, they're using the fact that the eyes are shielded they're using certain other things to like engage and make you almost treat it like a puzzle to solve. It, yes. Right? Yes. And it's always like the rule set is consistent though, which I think is so lovely. And like, I think that's pretty standard game stuff, but I think they do a particularly good job of taking the same ingredients of like, here's the ways that ghosts behave in Luigi's Mansion games mm -hmm. and mixing it up and having it be so well done with the themes. And that game is just floor after floor after floor of like very silly haunted house themes to go explore right. which i think is so great i think so um, too yeah yeah I, I think the last time we talked about this game i probably vented about like the only other fight i had a really bad time with was the swim boss yes in the gym him too he was my impossible other and i played the whole game co-op like, I had a second person helping with all this stuff, and it was still a nightmare. Okay, so first with this the fitness center 
douche. I shouldn't say that because well, he acted like it, but he was just mm. frustrating. I was like, how in the heck do I get these stupid goggles off your face? <laughs> you just... It's infuriating. Um, and, and how do I get this... Because, you know, obviously my dog's over at the the spinning wheel in the background. Like, hey, you got to spin this wheel. I'm like, well, how the heck do I get over there? I totally forgot because I haven't played the game in so long. I have Gooigi in my back pocket. I need to get mm-hmm. this guy out so he can... Anyway. Ugh, frustrating. Anyway. But speaking of co-op, when you have to... When you're in the, the master suite and you have to beat the hotel owner, that scary lady when she doesn't have her powder she puts her powder makeup on to make herself look pretty again when she doesn't mm-hmm. do that she's like pretty scary yeah. but you have to be luigi in the room while she has this thing in the middle spinning around with like laser beams coming out that can hurt you while she's trying to hit you with her mirror and you have to have guigi underneath though to shut off these other spinning lights that could hurt you Underneath, but you have to do them simultaneously, and it was so hard. I'm like, how do how do people do this without another person? Like one person being underneath and one person being yeah defeating her. It, like what's up? With, so hard. It was so hard. It's incredible to me, like the amount of difficulty that that must add. Oh my and gosh! Like, Switching literally, back I played the whole yeah. game co-op and. By the end of it, like, uh, you know, no shade to my girlfriend, but she doesn't play a lot of, like, 3D action games. Yeah. But by the end of it, there were combat rounds where she was the one cleaning up in combat. And so, like, it... So, props to her. Yeah. That's what I should have said. No, like, absolutely. Like, she really mastered the controls by that end of the game, like, probably, like, two-thirds of the way through. And, nice. like, the... Just, like not having that extra person to control Guiji. Like, are you needing to choose which character you're controlling and alternate, basically? With that, yeah. Yeah, you have to, because, like, if you... You have to get Guiji obviously, through the grates, right? You get him through the grates, you get him underneath, and you're trying to power off these, like, buttons either with pressing X and you he just manually pulls him down, or you shoot your plunger string at him and you suck that up, pull it down. But all the while... Luigi's up there just, like, sleeping. <laughs> With a la- death laser coming for Right? And so he's just getting hit, and he's like, ow, right? Ow, like, minus 20, <laughs> minus 20. And he'll make, well, shit. And I'd switch it back, so then Luigi's just down there just sleeping away. And then, so I'm trying to be Luigi, trying to fight this lady, but if not all the lasers are done, then, you know, she, if you, even if you do shine her, flash her, right, so you suck her up, you start to... You, she drags you into the laser, so then you just get hit, so it doesn't even matter anyway. So you didn't even hurt her with anything. Kind of annoying. But then, while you're doing that, water gets swooshed around down underneath, so then Guiji touches water, he becomes a melty pot, and goes back into your little backpack. And you're like, well, to do this all over again. <laughs> so you have to... It's, it's timing, really. I had to go like back and forth where I'm like, okay, now I have to be Luigi real quick while I just at least stun her or get her mirror to be stuck in the ground then I'll be Gooigi real quick and I'll shut down what I can and then I'll it, it was, sounds so frantic it's you're it like juggling yeah really that it's it almost sounds like a completely different game it's certainly a completely different experience oh, with the same so game yeah um yeah amazing what well, I'm so excited for you to finish it and like I can tell just from our conversations that we've had about this game over the years like 
I think you also find it delightful. Like I think oh, it's a yeah. very well made game. I um, think so and too. so it's just rad that you'll finally get to have it, you know, as like something that you've beaten uh, soon, like very soon. So, oh, I know. I'm hoping so. today will be the day, and I'm gonna I'll make a post about it to make sure. But the one achievement I already have done in this game is I found all of the gems and all everywhere. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. I was really excited about that. You're crushing the completionist part of games. That like having found all of the gems in that game, that's tough. It's and so then, tough, yeah. Let alone all of the uh I'm just knowing about this mask you told me about in Tears of the Kingdom makes me feel like I have to find all of cuz like I wouldn't have done that. I I didn't do that in the last one. Oh, really? Yeah. So I did it because I wanted as many hearts Cause I, as I could get, because um, I'm full up on stamina, but I wanted to get mm. all the hearts that I could get. But then I was like, there's, with looking at the cool book that I got, I was like, hey, I wanted this mask. This looks really, really cool, and I want it. What do I need to do to get it? So it said, find all the shrines. I was like, done, finding all those shrines. It turned I'll out better. I'll add it to my to-do list. Yeah. You gave me the ultimate mapping technique the last time we talked about the game. With so. the connecting to the depths. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the most helpful thing ever. Oh, gosh. it's And it's so cool. It's Yeah, it's once I found that out, I was mind blown. I was like, this is something Chris needs to know. It, The reason I'm spending all of my times in the depths is because I just keep going like, oh, a piece of candy. Oh, piece of candy down there. Mm-hmm. And then every time I find one of the light roots, I immediately map up or vice versa. As soon as I find a shrine that I mm-hmm. hadn't found yet or had mapped yet, I immediately look down and see in the depths if I have a light root for it. Yeah. So it just, it, it's so cool how it's like interconnected that way. Um, I'm going to hit a couple of games just really quickly. Um, so, yeah, just like a small amount of Tears of the Kingdom. But um, on Game Pass, a game called Cocoon came out, which is this really cool puzzle game. I know John was playing it the last time he and I talked. Have you seen this at all, Angie? I, so I, and John said that he had finished it on the last Mm -hmm. podcast, so, um, which is awesome. But he was talking about it too, and I seen it when I was also looking at games on Game Pass. I did not download that one. I downloaded a couple of other ones. Um, I downloaded Like a Dragon, Ishin, and, and Solar Ash. I didn't get to start those yet, but, um, those are two that I really want to try out. Um, but he was talking about it, and he said that it's very beautifully made. The soundtrack is awesome, he had mentioned, um, yeah. and it's a, like a puzzle. It's like he's talking about how the spheres are interconnected too. Yeah, somehow. it's it's mind bending. It yes. reminds me a little bit of Portal, except like not in the sense of it being first person or anything, mm-hmm. but just like it makes you start thinking about things in a different way. And yeah. I think puzzle games that do that are very special. Um, I only did like the first level or maybe not even, I don't know if the game's like really not really broken up into levels, but that's another one that my girlfriend and I were kind of playing together. It's not a co-op game, but she's really good at puzzles. And so I sat and like poked around at it and then I passed the controller to her and she did a couple of things. But then, um, there's, I was surprised that there was a boss fight in it at all. I thought I was like thrown off, but we came across this boss fight. 
And so she was like, here's the controller. Like, I don't want to do this, this <laughs> boss fight over. section. So I, I took the wheel over for that. And so I've, she's been giving me so many opportunities to jump back into it. And I really wanted to. But I ended up actually downloading and checking out Chicory, which is a game from, I think, like last year or the year before, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, Chicory, A Colory, Li- Colorful Life, where you're, um, you're the janitor for the wielder of a magic brush in this world that's like a coloring book world and all the color gets sapped out of it and i ended up playing the first chapter and some of that game um and at first i was kind of thinking it wasn't really my thing um but i actually think it's a really good game and it reminds me a lot of a top-down zelda game in terms of like puzzle construction um and another game where i'm gonna spoil just like a smidge here I was shocked to find a boss battle in. Really? I did not. And that's all I'm going to say about it. But I, I didn't. It looks pretty interesting, and I see what you're talking about with the, the top down Zelda esque to it. And I had thought it was almost going to be like a really 2D, like narrative heavy, like almost like a walking simulator type game right. where you're just going around making friends in the town and like maybe solving some problems for them. Yep. But it really turns into a Zelda type game where you're using your paintbrush as like your different power set to solve overworld puzzles and navigation puzzles. And um, yeah, somehow there's a boss fight out of almost out of nowhere. I mean, I'll leave it at that, but I, I was genuinely surprised by it and I, I am eager to get back to that too. But the game that I'm finally actually putting more time into again has been Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. And um, I think it's really good. I understand why it has the reputation it does. I understand why Bioware had the reputation they did before getting Mass Effect. And it's really, really cool. Like, so much of what Mass Effect is was already there in the cinematic stuff is there the voice acting is there the party full of characters who can form relationships and choose who you bring out on your adventures with is there the home base on a ship is there where everyone stands in a specific area and you go meet up with your specific team member in their room to talk to them is part of this game right the morality Destiny style sounds like there Oh, piece. sure, that too, yeah, the, 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 very much so. And so, like, it, it just is... I don't think I had realized, like, by 2003, when Knights of the Old Republic comes out, Bioware's a, a game developer that's at full maturity in terms of what they're doing. They have a complete vision. They are making the games they want to make. And everything that came on that next generation of systems, on the 360 era right after the original xbox etc like that was really them blowing up the scale even bigger bigger production values scope ambition of making this original science fiction story trilogy like um all just really amazing so um that's been really cool it's been really slow going for me just because my game time has been limited and as you can hear it's kind of getting spread across a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. but um i like doubled down back into it over the last couple of days i plan on playing some more maybe tonight after the podcast um and i got my lightsaber which makes it yeah the, the combat is like pretty tough 
um, and I'm like chewing through health packs. Oh. So I'm wondering if I like specced wrong or should have specced into the the force heal force power. Like there's a heal force power you can get. Um, but um, yeah, I'm finding it like pretty challenging. Um, but yeah, it's a cool game. Um, I bounced off of a fight last night uh, against a droid that was just like particularly punishing. My whole team was about to get party wiped. And oh. I just like had my ranged character, who's a 14 year old Twi'lek girl, with was using a gun. And it was just like slow, like the other two party members had died. And this ranged character is like pinging away at this droid, slowly chipping away at the health bar. But I'm like losing the hit point race. And I don't want to like grind out this fight and just keep dumping health packs into this girl so I can win this one fight. Yeah. So I just ended up resetting the save and I'm going to go do some side quests and see if I can level up and then a go little back. bit more and go back. And maybe go in with a different equipment set. Because there's, like, guns that are ion disruptor guns that, like, do extra damage to droids. Yeah, But do sense. less damage overall. And so, like, I think I can kit my characters out a little bit better to be ready to fight in these droid fights. I was going to say, that seems like it'd be more helpful than anything else. It's just... That type of weapon. It's just very use case specific and the rest of the level I'm on is full of like wild beasts that you're fighting and so you want to be using like I have this really strong bow caster like are you familiar with like Star Wars bow casters like the what Chewie uses basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so she's she's like normally strapped up with her Wookiee companions bow caster and it's like Apparently it's better to use the ion disruptor on a droid. Anyways, so that's Knights of the Old Republic. Um, it's a delightful game. I'm I'm glad. I you know you know me. I'm happy to play any game that's not current. So I figure two decades old is probably per- just right in my sweet spot. Oh yeah, why not? I busted out the uh, and Nintendo 64. I was telling John that last time too. Uh, Amazing. How do you do that? Uh, the the rumor of they've announced that they're doing the next one's going to be an analog N sixty four. I think we were talking about maybe in the news in the yes. Slack or something. So yes, it's in the air. Um, we'll see what comes of it in the future. Instead of doing like a particular news story, I think um, just because it's been a while since you and I were on a show together, the Activision Blizzard and Microsoft acquisition merger deal is done. Activision is now a part of Microsoft, mm-hmm. and we are the two more Xboxy representatives on the show. I think <laughs> if we had to put if we had to put one of us on one side or the other of a console war. Uh, which I don't want to do, but I just am curious how, you know, have you been following that news at all? What are your, what's your initial thoughts on like that deal that's been years in the making, finally closing? Um, Do you have any hopes or expectations about what they're going to be doing? I know Call of Duty is like a big part of your gaming history, and I think you you have some pretty... um, pretty specific knowledge about Call of Duty and so I'm curious what do you make of all of it yeah I um I haven't followed it too closely in the sense of 
what it means for either party once, you know, as this comes through, you know, but what I have read is that, yes, some, you know, Activision games are coming to Xbox Game Pass, which I'm really excited about. I own said games, um, like Call of Duty, yes, but um, for them to come to Game Pass is it, pretty, pretty nice, because then I would imagine the multiplayer servers would then get worked on for safety purposes, like security purposes, and that more people would then play it. Because mm. my hopes and had hoped for a long time that I can play Black Ops 1 or Black Ops 2 in multiplayer and just revisit that kind of nostalgia type of piece. Um, but those games won't be coming until next year potentially 2025 but more than more than likely probably next year sometime mm -hmm. so i mean it'll be some time still until we see those games coming through and actually being available but i think what it does it'll be you know really good for people it'll be fun if for me i think it'd be nice it's specifically for the multiplayer part if they can get that figured out more with the security and make sure there's no issues and stuff like that Sure. I think um, one of the things that's on my mind with Call of Duty, right, is like there's an assumption, I think, in a lot of people talking about this deal where it's like, well, yeah, you just put the whole Call of Duty backlog in Game Pass. And do you think there's a world where they support those multiplayer servers and there's like a big event type thing where it's like, hey, this week or this month, we've added Black Ops 2 to Game Pass, and the multiplayer servers are up, and it becomes like a resurrected COD Blocks 2 weekend or mm -hmm. whatever. Do you, th like, I feel like there's a world where you could slow roll the addition of that Call of Duty back catalog if you were going to support the multiplayer servers and get the infrastructure in place for it, and sort of resurrect and resuscitate those like older Call of Duty multiplayer scenes mm -hmm. gradually and just own that nostalgia for a year leading into the release of whatever the next Call of Duty game is? Or do you think it's more likely that people are going to be invested in playing Warzone and playing the latest and greatest Call of Duty game and aren't going to want to dig into those older releases? Well, the new one that's going to come out, when does the new one come out? Modern Warfare 3, right? Yeah, I think it's like next month, isn't it? I would love to find out. November, yeah, next month, November the 10th is going to be released. So let's say that these older Black Ops games, for hypothetical purposes, gets released on Game Pass like like Black Ops 1 or 2, they get released on Game Pass, I don't know, April or May of next year, like the beginning, towards the beginning of the year. I think that, yes, people will continue to play Modern Warfare 3, but there will be a lot of people still, maybe even people that are also playing Modern Warfare 3, that will play the older nostalgia games too, because they're, there's just a big group, there's a lot of people that really liked those games a lot, and they, a lot of people feel that you know, Call of Duty branched out n not, I don't want to say negatively, but 
made things a little bit different to the more recent games. That's why I don't think, um, uh, what was the, there was a Vanguard, Call of Duty Vanguard, mm. that did not release well. Like, a lot of people got it, but is it a great game? No. I feel like they, even even a lot of people thought Black Ops 4 wasn't that great. Um, so, I mean, I think going, because Black Ops 1 and 2 is different than, you know, 4 and Vanguard even. And it is different than even Modern Warfare games a little bit. So, I I think people will still be playing it. I don't think it'll be all one or all, all the other. And I think they should, though, slowly release those so then it's not bombarded with all of them just so people have a chance to ha play one and two and then, like, go from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, they... I'm, I'm looking at the Call of Duty fandom wiki. Mm-hmm. There are 20 mainline Call of Duty once Modern Warfare 3 comes out this year. Mm. The first Call of Duty came out in 2003, the same year as KOTOR. And I remember that game being talked about as, like, the World War II game to end all World War II games. And the fact that, like, Call of Duty has become so many of these other things and mm -hmm. so different from where it started is so interesting. And, like, honestly... Shame on me, but one of the big games that I've never actually did the single player of or the multiplayer of was Mo was Call of Duty Mo for Modern Warfare, like the first Modern Warfare game from mm -hmm. 2007. Yeah. And if that was to get added to Game Pass, I feel like I would owe it to myself to go do that game's like single player campaign. Because um, that's really the game where Call of Duty became the game we think of it now as if you ask me um yeah just wild hard to wrap my head around that the deal is done and that like call of duty is still going to be on playstation i think for a while but is now like part of xbox it just feels weird yeah um even though you know i'm from the xbox 360 era when call of duty and xbox were synonymous like there was a while. Oh, I agree. Mm -hmm. It just, they end up being kind of associated with whoever the big dog in the console market is at the time. And lately, for the last two gens, it's been PlayStation, I feel like. Although I could not imagine using a PS4 controller for a first-person shooter, but that's just a me problem. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There, when I did an um, uh, event for, like, Rocker, uh, what was it, a few years ago? or so um 2019 maybe uh the they were using playstation and i was like wait what why yeah. what why not um xbox what's happening and then they just continued to use it and that's fine and dandy but it had you're right been xbox for such a long time for one at one point that i think i just like made myself think it's it's xbox or nothing but that's not the truth at no, all. it's and not. It, it's 
it's wild because they I think what ended up happening is they had like the early release of a bunch of like extra content and stuff too associated with Xbox but then that also went over to PlayStation and so yeah I would imagine for like a tournament or an event type thing right with Rocker like they gotta be where like a maybe where the audience is but b like where all of the content is if you're doing some sort of tournament or an event right yeah well i mean the call of duty and because it was you know the pro like it was the turn like tournament of pros right so it was who's sponsoring and who's gonna put that bigger amount foot forth or money forth and uh, it was PlayStation, so it ended up being PlayStation, and that's fine. So they got supplied PlayStations and the controllers huh. and all that. So, like, all the teams all around, it was just, and that's fine. I just, when I, like you said, Xbox being associated with the Call of Duty franchise for so long, I think I just, like, had my mind there, and I was like, wait, what? Well, and now I have to imagine, well, I wonder what that's going to do for, like, Call of Duty esports having it be with Xbox. Like, I mean, how does that impact things? I mean, I think they would just switch things over. I don't think it would be a huge deal. Um, yeah. But they could continue to use PlayStation, and that's fine, too, because they're still going to have it available for PlayStation for a while. But if they exclusively... Is it ex- exclusively to Xbox and not PlayStation at some point? Because if that's the case, then maybe that at that point they'll switch things back over. But I can't imagine they do it I think there's right a decade. I think they have a decade where they can't have it be exclusive yeah, that, under the terms of the contract or something. But I, I'm I'm just speculating. I don't have the exact info. In front yeah, of me. I can imagine that they wouldn't switch anything right away. Yeah. Are there other Activision or Blizzard games that you're excited to like see what happens with because I think Call of Duty is kind of like an easy central focus. It's like their crown jewel in a lot of ways. But like, are there other Activision games, old or you know new, that you you'd be excited to see what Xbox does with? It'd be nice to be able to play some of the games that I haven't not been able to play because it's been, you know, PlayStation exclusive. Um, mm. But. There's not any games specifically besides, I think people keep talking about Diablo, but I don't know if I had been, I had played that at all, but I don't know. There's not any certain game. COD was just my big one just because of the fact that I I liked them and I have a nostalgia piece to that Mm -hmm. and I liked them a lot, Um, but... Not any other ones in particular, but I am excited to see which ones that those could be. Just so, just have a, I mean, there's already a big net, right? But what other wider net can I have put in front of me to see what I can put in my backlog of games to play at some point? Right, exactly. What, um, what's your relationship with Overwatch? Do you, did you ever play Overwatch at all? Very minimally. I no. tried it, couldn't get into it. It was it just felt like another one of the same games that I've already played before. Like um but adding other silly things onto it. I don't know, I just couldn't get into it. I just I didn't connect with it if that makes sense. Did you play that mm-hmm. ever? I have literally never touched it. I watched a couple of streams of it. Yeah. My friends got into it on PC. 
but I was a dedicated Xbox person at, at the time and um, yeah that game is actually like one of the games that kind of slowly separated me from my multiplayer friend group because yeah. they were like so all in on it and I was just but I don't play on PC so I can't I don't play with you I, I can't play with you yeah I'm looking at an article from Wesley LeBlanc over at Game Informer of every Activision Blizzard game franchise Xbox now owns. This is from October 13th. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Awesome. Crash Bandicoot. That was a childhood favorite of mine. Speaking of things that are I used to associate with Sony... Um, Spyro the Dragon is in here. Skylanders. That one. Those two that I've heard of. Yes. Yes. Guitar Hero. That would be huge for me. Okay, so I forgot about Guitar Hero. Now, if I'm able to play it, do I have to go get guitars now? Because that's the only way to play it. I mean, I suppose you could hook up an Xbox controller, but... What's the well, fun those of that? Aren't, I don't think those are... Well, you mean just like a regular controller. Right, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. But like, I think they would need to do a new one. I, I think the hardware wouldn't be compatible. Yeah, that makes sense. With the guitar controller. But I, that's like something in me that there's like a sickness where I would be like, yeah, I'll play another Guitar Hero game. Because it's been long enough. And I'm sick of paying like $2.50 every time I play it at the arcade up the street. Right. Um, the other one that's standing out from the G's in this list is Geometry Wars, which is a game I intimately associate with Xbox. Yeah. And, um, frankly would, like, love, love, love to see them bring back in some way. My brother got huge into that. Huge. They've got all of the different King games, like Candy Crush Oh, geez, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot. A lot of, a lot of, many, many of them are going to be coming in. I would love to see a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I mean... I think it's like a surefire thing that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 remake gets added to Game Pass as soon as they start adding Activision stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, that is, that's been another, that's another classic one. I would love to see a new skateboarding game that uses the Tony Hawk branding, but maybe, like, takes the gameplay in a different direction so that it's not like that classic combo-based stuff. Because I think you could get away with doing a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 plus 4 remake and still give people the like combo chaining extreme nostalgic gameplay Mm -hmm. but then you could have like a new one that's maybe more of a competitor with like a skate oh I see what you're saying okay or like go after like the way that skate kind of cut its own found its own lane to be like a different type of skateboarding game I'd be curious like what looking at skateboarding with fresh eyes in like 2024 2025 looks like for a tony hawks game but yeah i mean i don't know like 
I could get pretty into Diablo 4, I bet. I don't know that I would want to do that on my Xbox necessarily, but I've heard they have a really great controller setup for it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean... I just, I just associate that with like being a PC game. I played Diablo 3 when I was in college over a decade ago. My like senior year of college. Via I PC? Got, yeah, I had a, a laptop that could run it. That was my criteria. I actually got the laptop that could run it as a graduation present. Oh, nice. And I went, I went into the store and did canirunthis.com on this laptop before buying it with my graduation. Nice. <laughs> so that I could play Diablo 3. That was when, the last time I was a computer gamer. <laughs> well, hey, it worked out then. It did indeed. All right. Um, I think that's a good transition into the question of the week that I have, which is what Activision franchise do you, the audience, since we already talked about this, Angie, hope that Xbox resurrects or brings back now that they're a part of the Xbox Games family? I'm curious to hear what the audience has to say, what what games they want to see Xbox get into. I'm curious what the audience thinks about this, period. I, I want to know just where their head's at. Because, frankly, like... I'm not excited about this. I think industry consolidation is not healthy, but it sounds like maybe the folks at Activision were excited about it closing from some reporting that I think Jason Schreier did. So it's a lot. Um, I think that's going to do it for the show today. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Podcast. You can find John at Johnny Samsonite. Angie can be found at Stellar Smalls. I can't really be found on Twitter, but if you did want to look for me, it would be at VG Occasion. And James is at Butlord Primus and BLP Entertainment on Twitch, where you can watch him stream. If you want to contribute to the content, you can. You can send us an email at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com or message us on Twitter. Sign up for the newsletter, Mostly Normal Gamers Monthly, MN Gamers Monthly, which is mngamers.substack.com. And lastly, please, whatever platform you listen to the show on, please give us a review, share us with a friend, and help kind of grow the small, mostly normal gamers audience. Every share, every recommendation helps. Angie, what, what are you going to jump straight into Luigi's Mansion after dinner here? Is that your plan? That's the plan. We'll see what happens. Cool. I'll see you on the Switch online service while I'm playing Knights of the Old Republic for a bit. How's that? Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Anything you want to say before we sign off? Nope. We're good. Cool. Go play some games, everybody. Bye. Bye.